You're listening to the world-famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Episode number 41 of the World Famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. Got a big show for you today. We're going to talk about something that I think you guys are all interested in, and that's finding somewhere other than a bar or a club where you can meet a woman. I mean, we all want to meet women, but we all want to be able to have that freedom to meet women anywhere we want to, not at just some designated area like a bar or a club where we're expecting to meet women. Women are expecting to meet us, and they probably got their guard up and their bitch shield or whatever you want to call it. Well, since this is such a hot topic with almost every guy out there, wherever you may be living, I'm sure you're thinking about this. I've brought in a very special guest today. This guy runs a site called daygame.com. I mean, you got to love that, first of all, because you know with a name like that, he's got to be devoted strictly to this subject, which he is. He's a world-class expert at it from the UK. His name's Andy Yosha. Andy, welcome to the Chick Whisperer Podcast. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure because this is something guys always like to talk about. And I know we're going to dig into talking about some places where guys can meet women, and I think it's going to take some unexpected turns, and I can't wait to get to it. But before we get to that, we've got to get to, as is our custom, one of your voicemails. And uh, Andy, here we go. This is going to be from Mark in Tucson, Arizona, and here's what Mark's got to say. Hey, my name is Mark. I'm from uh, Tucson, Arizona. My question is, how do you get over the weird, the weird awkward silence? How do you get over that? Like all these questions that you guys put out, like all these scenarios are like perfect. How do you get if it fucking fails? How do you get that? Um, just let me know or let everyone else know. Um, love the show. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, you know what? Again, here's a question a lot of guys tend to ask. I don't know whether Mark is exactly talking about when you're first meeting a woman or when you're actually in front of her on a date, but he's got this issue where, man, you can be talking to her, then all of a sudden there's this weird, awkward silence. There's nothing left to say for some reason. And I think a lot of times, Andy, guys might say, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk up to this woman, or I'm going to go on this date with this woman, and here's what I'm going to say to her, and here's what I'm going to say next, and they have it scripted out a little bit. But then there comes a point where they're out of things to say, and they just don't know what to say next, and the woman just isn't going to help. What's up with that, Andy? How can a guy, first of all, avoid that? situation and then also maybe how can he sort of fish himself out of it if he finds himself there okay well um as i was listening to that voicemail just then i was actually just writing some quick notes uh and the first thing and i i noticed it straight away by the way he was talking about it the first thing that strikes me is not i mean we can get onto um you know strategies for how to you know combat that in a second but the first thing that, that strikes me is that he seems you know far too worried about the silence he's you can see that he is literally scared of the silence occurring. And, you know, I mean, I've taught hundreds of guys and, and I've, I see it a lot. And the thing is, people don't, they seem to forget that silence is a natural, normal part of a human interaction. 
Um, if you're talking, if you're, you know, in a bar of your friends or you're hanging out with uh, some good friends of yours, you know, I mean, I always ask guys, are you afraid of silence when you're hanging out with your best friends or your family? And they will say, well, no. And you've got to ask them, well, why are you afraid of silences when you're around an attractive woman? Well, what's different? You know, what's the difference between uh, talking to that hot girl and talking to your best friend? And it usually comes down to you overly care what the other person thinks of you, you know? So let's say you're, uh, you approach a girl on the street and, uh, you know, you, you open, you've got, because when people open, they tend to open in a very similar way. So they have a kind of, um, I guess, a mental routine. They're like, okay, well, you know, open and then do this, do that. Uh, and then a lot of guys come to me and say, well, you know, but then it kind of went silent and I wasn't quite sure what to say. And then there was an awkward silence. And I'm not going to lie to people and say, oh, well, you know, I'm a master and that never happens to me. It's totally normal in human interactions. It happens to me where, you know, I'm talking to a girl and for whatever reason, that sort of conversational thread just kind of runs out. Maybe the girl's talking about something that I don't really care about or, you know, I, I kind of mentioned something that she's not really that interested in and it just doesn't go anywhere. So the key is not so much about how can I avoid uh, those silences because they will happen and they're just they're normal. They're totally OK. But it comes down to there's two things. Number one, understanding, OK, that I'm overly concerned about it. I'm scared of it when it, it shouldn't be the case. Uh, and part of that will come down to and, and be cured by, OK, next time you experience that silence, you have to learn to be comfortable with the silence. It shouldn't be an uncomfortable silence. It should be a comfortable silence. OK. And as with all things, one way to, to become comfortable is knowing that you have an effortless kind of strategy to, to get out of that. And I mean, this just talking to you now, I'm, I'm recalling uh, this uh, girl I opened uh, a few days ago and, you know, I opened her in a normal kind of way. And, you know, the, what I just said happened where something I mentioned uh, just didn't really go anywhere. And there was that, you know, that silence. But rather than kind of acting all awkward or kind of behaving in a way that like as if the silence was a bad thing and something I didn't want to happen, I just stayed quiet and then just smiled at her, almost recognizing the silence for what it was, recognizing, oh, this is kind of odd and smiled at her. And then I kind of looked sort of looked up and down her as if I was kind of like thinking, like examining. And then I sort of said, you, um, you have nice shoes. Um, so I was going to say that in order to get out of a, uh, a silence is right. Cause my, this is what all guys do, by the way, all guys, when they come across that silence, they kind of go, um, so, so what, what are you, what are you, what are you up to right now? And it's very, very obvious that that question isn't really a sincere question. That question is only to avoid the silence It's very clear. He doesn't really care what she's doing. He's only asking it to escape the silence and it's not strong. The best thing to do is to, first of all, show through your body language and your tonality and your relaxed demeanor that you're not afraid of the silence. The silence is totally cool. And by I just make a statement. It doesn't matter what the statement is. It really doesn't. You know, like I always tell guys the way to to transition from an opener. Uh, the best way to do it is to make statements in the form of assumptions. If you make an assumption about a girl and you say, you look like this kind of girl. You know, I think this about you based on the way you're dressed. I imagine you're this kind of person. Uh, and not only, I mean, we can go into this later on. Not only does talking about the girl, you know, uh, she finds that intriguing, but it's, it's easy because if there's a silence, you just look at her and there's so much stuff you can comment on, you know, her demeanor, um, her, her fashion is just so easy and just literally just guess something about her. So if there's a silence, go, well, you look like a bit of a, a bit of a lawyer type. It's, it's easy. If you, as long as you have that in your mind of like, well, I'll make, I'll make an assumption. I'll guess something about her. You can just escape silences very, very quickly. 
Yeah, I think there's several things you're mentioning that uh, trigger thoughts in my head also. First of all, even those silences are bound to happen. And yes, we should be comfortable with them. I think we're going to want to know how to get out of them. Especially if we're starting to meet a woman, we've just started a conversation with her, maybe we're not comfortable with each other yet enough to have this kind of silence that we can enjoy together and have it be part of our natural relating to each other. There's got to be some conversation. Sure. So when you're trying to dig your way out of that, I'm hearing you say that it might be a good idea, even if a guy doesn't believe in routines per se or canned responses, I guess that's the opposite of a canned opener, right? He should have some strategy in place, predetermined, by which he knows he can get out of an awkward situation like that. In other words, if an awkward situation with a woman happens, I'm going to say, well, I like your shoes. And it doesn't really matter what it is, as long as it's what he's comfortable changing the subject to, and it's something he can universally change it to. And then, you know, if he comes up with something different when he's there in front of her, so be it. But that knowing he has that in his quiver of arrows back there is something that will help him feel more comfortable with the possibility of the silence happening rather than fretting about it so much like Mark in Tucson apparently is. Sure. I mean, I guess as an end goal for something for guys to strive towards, what girls will be far more attracted to is the presence of a man who is comfortable in his own skin and comfortable with whatever's happening. If it's silent, you can see it, he's totally cool with it. So that kind of guy who's not saying anything is far more attractive than the guy kind of fighting to think of something to say. So I know that that's kind of where you want to head towards, but I do understand that when you, you know, you are afraid of sciences and you, you know, you're, you're just getting into this, having those strategies to get out is essential because without that, how can you be comfortable with sciences if you don't know how to get out, you know? So when I said, oh, you know, I like your shoes, it was done in a very whimsical way. Um, it wasn't a logical, oh, I like your shoes. Um, it was just an example of what I did the other day to demonstrate to her in a whimsical way that, oh, there's a silence, but, you know, I'm just kind of saying a comical thing to get out of it, a comical statement. But one thing I, I'm, I'm a massive fan on is, quote, unquote, natural game. And the way I understand natural game to be is, well, it, I guess it's kind of a response as opposed to what's been come to known as, uh, like, routine or uh, canned kind of stuff. Because... I think that if you practice and train yourself in, in that area of learning routines and, and, and uh, canned things, you're basically teaching yourself to become an actor. Whereas I think the other side of it, it's almost like if you imagine scale from um, order and chaos. And order are the people who they want to plan everything out. They want to know exactly what's going to happen and have contingency plans in place so they can be ready for any kind of uh, eventuality. And that's the people who are addicted to those kind of routines and all these, all that kind of stuff. Where I'm more a fan on the other side. I'm more a fan of embracing the chaos and trusting, developing your own spontaneity to the point where you can trust yourself to just react in the right way in any situation. So although... I know that spontaneity itself is quite hard to teach and you can't just rely on that when you're first learning. I do believe that it's very, very helpful to have like a framework within which to operate and to, to it's, like a, it's kind of a safe environment to practice your, your spontaneity. So when I tell guys uh, a good way to get out of that silence, which is a very similar way to, to transition from an opener is by making assumptions. But because the framework just says, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to guess some stuff about her. I'm going to, uh, make some assumptions, it still leaves room open for you to to then practice some spontaneity and and, uh, and and just look at her and take in what you see and what you hear 
uh, and then make some assumptions based on that information. So it's, it's something that you can't rehearse. It can only come from what you see. Yeah, I think whenever guys are relying on having a specific canned strategy in place, it can invariably only lead to what do I do next at some point. I mean, that point can be right after you meet her. It could be right after you start the conversation. It could be when it's time to get her phone number. It can be when it's time to make plans with her. It can be when you're sitting in front of her on that first meeting together. It can be when you're asking her to marry you. But at some point, you're always going to be asking yourself, what do I do next if you're relying on this checklist? Meanwhile, what do we know about women? Women follow a man's lead, okay? If you're going to be robotic and stiff, she's going to pick up on that and she's not going to be so comfortable. If you're awkward and inside your head and you're so worried about messing up that you forget to make sure she's feeling comfortable, she's just basically going to reflect back to you the kind of attitude or the kind of presence or lack thereof that you're reflecting to her. She's going to start getting kind of antsy and kind of worried and kind of not feeling so comfortable with the situation. But if you're comfortable even with that silence, then you know that she's going to be comfortable in your presence. And what do women love? A man who can make them feel safe and comfortable. That safety and security is what women like. Women are security-seeking creatures. So when you create that whole environment around your interaction, whether it's your first interaction with her or whether you've known her 10 years, frankly, you are doing your job as a masculine man. So I agree a thousand percent with everything you're saying, Andy. And Mark, I appreciate you calling the show and asking your question. And as a token of my appreciation to you, I'm going to give you, as is our custom around here, a really cool gift. And that is a copy of my book, Deserve What You Want, which is my first book that started it all. You'll get the audio version of that also. It retails for $37. And if you guys would like to check that out and get a copy for yourself, go ahead and go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com front slash men, M-E-N. And I'll tell you what. Go ahead and use the coupon code XY35OFF. That's XY35OFF. And you'll get 35% off just because you're a listener to the show. So uh, there you go. Again, great question. I know a lot of guys really, really struggle with that. And just kind of as one final comment to wrap up this conversation, I was once with a woman, I think we were on our first or second date, and we were driving back from somewhere, and we just fell into silence for a good three or five minutes together. And she actually broke the silence by saying, you know, I think it's really neat that even though we barely know each other, we can feel free not to have to talk at each other the whole time. We can just kind of enjoy each other's company silently. I think that usually takes most men and women a long time to cultivate, and it seems like we just have that naturally. And that kind of caught me off guard, but it reflects everything that we just said and really the truthfulness of it. Well, one thing that strikes in my mind in regard to this silence thing is that you can and people will, you know, think about this, guys listening at home, think of people you know in your social circle and think when everyone gets together, you will often find that the highest value person, whether it's a guy or a girl, and by high value, I don't mean like status or anything. I mean, somebody who thinks highly of themselves and, and consider themselves to be high value and have high self-esteem tend to be the ones who are least bothered about feeling silences. Um, I could watch a group of guys sitting down, for example, and, you know, if there is a silence, and there's one guy who's just not even bothered about filling it and other people are filling the silence, you know that that guy is the alpha uh, male in the group. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's also in a business meeting environment, the guy who talks the least 
is often the guy with the best ideas and the guy people look up to the most. Instead of trying to assert his point throughout the whole meeting, what ends up happening is finally everybody looks at this guy and goes, well, what do you think? And then when he is invited to give his commentary or his opinion, everybody just listens mm. with rapt attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a life lesson right there. Well, I want to move on to the core topic of what we're going to talk about today, and I'm excited about it, and that is this whole idea of meeting women somewhere other than a bar and club. Now, what is it with bars and clubs anyway? It seems like women just go there knowing they're going to get hit on. Their shields are up. It's kind of an artificial environment uh, where guys are just going to hit on women, and women are kind of in control. They kind of know that they can sort of accept or quote-unquote reject guys, and I don't know why we even subject ourselves to it. I think it's out of force of habit. I mean, besides all else, it's just dark and noisy in there, and you've got all these douchebaggy guys trying to vie for the same small group of supposedly allegedly attractive women. But, you know, I'll tell you what, Andy, the more swanky the club, the more stuck up and superficial the women anyway. I'd rather just meet women when they're not expecting to be met and they're just kind of living their normal life, and so am I, because for starters, I'll get a much better representation of who that woman really is. What's your take on all this? Well, part of it is you've got to think, well, what kind of girl do I want, you know? Um, you know, there's guys out there who are just after a bit of fun and they want to uh, catch up on all you know, the years they've missed out on. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. Um, but I think that, put it this way, I think that the venue, the environment in which you decide to try and find a girl is going to have a massive effect on the kind of girl you're likely to get. Um, if you are, let's say you, you know, you're the kind of guy where you have a lot of money and you want a girl who is looking for a guy with loads of money and you want to spoil her and stuff, you know, then if you go to like a proper VIP place, then you're going to get a lot of beautiful women who are after a rich guy. You know what I mean? If that's what you want, fine. Um, if you want to just have some kind of crazy sex, you know, um, adventures, then go to some kind of meat market where there's loads of just – is that an American term, meat market? We should absolutely, use absolutely. Um, I think that one translates internationally. No yeah, problem. get wasted, get drunk and, and whatever. Like whenever I um, preach the benefits of day game, I'm not in any way um, saying night game is a bad way to meet women at all. It just depends on what kind of outcome you want. And if you want to just you know kiss random girls and, and sort of try for one-night stands and all that kind of stuff, uh, that's never really been anything I've been interested in. But – that's fine. And I would say that if you are interested in that, then don't come to me. I would say go to somebody who is experienced in that and somebody who teaches that and has gone down that route themselves. Uh, in the same way that if you want to learn day game, don't listen to anybody's advice who only does nightclubs because they're guessing. They're giving you their advice, assuming that it's going to apply to the daytime. But you can never rely on that because the environment is completely different so the things you've got to do are going to be completely different. And I know this from, from experience. Um, I've had students where they said, well, I've been on this course, I've been on that course. And, and things that me and you had a t- teaching to do, they've actually said, well, hang on. But this guy said, don't do that. For example, we teach guys um, a great way to start a conversation with a girl is to open with a compliment. And everything people have heard in this community actually says, do not open with a compliment. But what they're not realizing is those people, um, they learn how to do this in a nightclub. And opening a girl in a nightclub with a compliment is completely different to opening a girl in the daytime with a compliment because the context is completely different. I mean, one thing, something that people have got to understand 
is, you know, women, they don't go to a club to be bitchy. They don't go there to be stuck up. We would behave the same way if we had gone through the same experiences they had in clubs and bars. I mean, let's say, for example, a girl starts going clubbing or going, going to bars when she's 18. We, well, in this country, 18. I think in your country, it's 21, right? Correct. Uh, and we know they start going out and drinking and socializing well before then, right? And if they're an attractive girl, I mean, how many times do you think they're going to get hit on per night they go out? That they go out. I mean, 10, 10 is a good number, possibly more, right? I would say so. Yeah. And, you know, so that means by the time they're, they're 25, they've been hit on thousands and thousands and thousands of times, right? And we know that most of the guys are drunk and sleazy and, you know, they have no game and, you know, they're not positive approaches. They're not positive experiences for the girl. I guarantee you that if every single one of those approaches were guys who are charming and lovely and nice and, you know, and, and she came away thinking that was a brilliant interaction, girls would open up like that. There would be no bitch shield, you know? They would just be like, oh, another guy who's coming to say hello. Awesome. Uh, and this is why I find, you know, in clubs especially, the younger a girl is, within reason, you know, the younger girl is, the more friendly they tend to be because they haven't gone through so many negative experiences yet, you know. Um, and that's just, that's the nightclubs. And this is why that uh, if you do open a girl in a nightclub with a compliment, you're not really doing anything different to the other drunk guy who come up saying, oh, I think you're well fit, you know. Uh, <laughs> Right. And any kind of compliment in a nightclub environment is going to, she's going to suspect or she's not going to take it immediately as being genuine and being sincere, you know, whereas in the daytime, it's completely different. It's so, so different, you know, whereas in a nightclub, your number 6,500, I've approached girls in the daytime and, and so have my students and the girls have just been so shocked and said, this has never happened to me ever ever, ever, ever. And these are beautiful women. And people don't realize that this is why I think day game, I think eventually is going to take over night game in what's understood to be the default way to meet women. Because like you said, when you started the podcast, you said that we're kind of conditioned to think that the only place we can meet a new woman is in this confined, specific space, at a specific time when they're playing loud music and they're serving alcohol. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I enjoy going to, to bars and stuff with my mates, get a bit drunk, have a bit of a laugh, but I don't think it's an ideal environment if you want to meet a girl, if you want to, um, you know, meet a quality girl anyway, you know? Yeah, several things jump into my mind from what you're saying. First of all, if you're a guy who likes going to bars and clubs and you've got this down and you're meeting the kind of women you want that way, more power to you. We're not going to try to talk you out of it. There's nothing wrong with working that system and working it well if that's what you want. But for most guys, I think it's kind of a square peg round hole thing. They feel like they're compelled somehow to go meet women this way when that's not even the kind of women they want to meet. Another thing is all bars and clubs are not created equal. I mean, there's these teeny boppish kind of meat marketish kind of places. There's places that are loud, uh, disco-y kind of places, I guess. And then there's also smaller, more intimate bars with a more upscale crowd that aren't so loud. Maybe they play a different kind of music. Maybe they do karaoke on Sunday night and everybody can be real interactive. And there's just a more fun, interactive crowd there. You can pick and choose your venues in that way, knowing that there's going to be the type of women there you'd want to meet or not. Give yourself the freedom to do that if you're a guy who wants to meet women in that environment. But you're talking about... The whole idea of women being friendlier if they're younger as opposed to when they're older and a bit more jaded in that club setting, I would say that all goes away when you're outside the bar and club. I mean a woman is going to be more true to her actual personality regardless of her age when she's 
kind of just in her natural element doing what she does during the day. Whether that means she's going to the grocery store, she's at the airport, which is a place I hope we're going to talk about. If she's just walking down the street, if she's in class with you, wherever, you know, you're going to have nice women and you're going to have women who aren't so nice. And either way, that doesn't necessarily reflect on who you are or how you approached her. It's just the way it's going to be. But meeting women outside of a bar and club is really going to give you a much more natural setting all around. And you're going to end up getting to know who that person really is more effectively. And I would argue more quickly by meeting someone outside of a bar and club. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, mate. Um, Every single girl I've dated since uh, sort of discovering this stuff has been through day game. And in particular, my favorite is meeting girls on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true. I mean, I, I still go to nightclubs and uh, bars, but that. But the thing is, once you're once you're happy with your dating life and you're getting all the dates you want from the daytime or from wherever, it actually changes the reason you go out at night in the first place. Like now, I don't go out at night on the pool. I go out to enjoy time with my friends. You know, right. um, I'll go to the venue to see a specific DJ or listen to a kind of music or to. I now do the kind of things that the quote unquote naturals always did. They went out to have a laugh. But <laughs> the odd thing is. I actually have more success at night now than I ever did before I found out about this stuff because I'm not going there to pull anymore. Right. You know, I've always said this. The best way to get over your fear of meeting women and especially your fear of rejection is to have a couple women already interested in you that you know you can go out with mm-hmm. because then you realize, look, there's these other two perfectly decent women or three or five or whatever the number is. It could even be one woman out there who hasn't rejected me, who thinks I'm pretty cool, who I can pick up the phone and call. So what this woman is going to think of me isn't necessarily reflective, first of all, of what every woman in the world must think of me if I get rejected. Second of all, I already know I have a track record of success. I already know there's women out there who like me. So if she doesn't like me, she's got to be the weird one. So then you're all of a sudden empowered and you start talking to more and more women and you get more and more success and the snowball effect just starts happening. It's kind of similar to what happened like in high school and even as you're an adult too, frankly. Once you get a steady girlfriend, all of a sudden women come out of the woodwork. They're showing these indicators of attraction towards you. They want to go out with you. They're responding to your conversations. And a lot of times people attribute that to, well, the woman is buying on the approval of others. She sees that you have a woman who's interested in you, so you must be an okay guy, so she's going to like you too. But the odd thing about that particular theory, Andy, is that I've seen it such that women who don't even know whether you have another woman in your life or not are attracted and like you, and they tend to come out of the woodwork more regardless of whether they know your actual dating status of single versus hitched or not. So I really think a lot of this has to do with If you're more comfortable, if you're not thinking, oh, man, I've got to meet this woman. I've got to somehow make her like me. I've got to somehow not be rejected. If you get out of that and you are once again more comfortable with the whole thing, Mm. women are just going to be more comfortable with you and things are going to go better. It was interesting. I mean, I've got um, a couple of mates who are, you know, I've got a a girlfriend and it's uh, it's interesting because you get to spot the obvious differences. And I've spoken to friends who are outside of this whole community thing and, yeah, the obvious thing is that, you know, what you just said, the guy who's in a relationship without obviously thinking about it is just behaving in a, like you said, non-needy, 
not trying, not vying for the girl's kind of attention and stuff. Whereas the guy who's single and, and is like, wants to get laid, wants to get laid. And uh, you put the two sort of together uh, with the girl and, and just see how they're behaving, you know? Like the guy with the girlfriend isn't laughing when the girl says something that isn't funny. He's not kind of um, trying to fill the silences where the guy's like, you know, trying to get it all right. And the girl can feel that and she can feel the pressure from that, you know? It's, it's funny how kind of uh, popular cultural myths that have truth in them, for example, you know, once a girl finds out the guy's married or once the guy's married or once the guy has a girlfriend that, like you said, they all come out of the woodwork and people kind of know that to be true even outside the community, but they don't understand why it's true. And it's true because the guy stops trying, you know, he can just literally be in the presence of that beautiful girl and the girl feels that he's not trying to do anything and that's very attractive for the girl. Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump right into some practical information for guys. You said that the best place for you to meet women, your absolute favorite place is on the street, man. That's so intimidating to so many guys. How do you do that? How do you just walk up to a woman on the street and meet her? Okay. Well, in that case, I've got a goal now. My goal is to try and give the core basic information that guys can take away today. And hopefully, um, the next time they spot a girl or if they're listening to this on their headphones and they're on the streets right now, then they might be thinking, oh, it's fine, Andy's not going to try and get me to do this now. Nah, you've got to do this. If you're on the streets right now, listen to this in your headphones, then as soon as this podcast is finished, I'm afraid you've got to do it right now. Otherwise, Andy Osher is not going to be happy and he's going to come find you. Beautiful. Uh, all right. So, okay. So those guys in the streets, this is what I want you to do, okay? First of all, it comes down to understanding and, and appreciating what it is you want and what you're after. A lot of guys will just sort of look around and just think, okay, who's hot? Who's hot? And try not to think about that. Like I've taught hundreds of guys and, and some guys like kind of uh, all kinds of girls. You know, I kind of like kind of gothy girls. I found that out the other day, actually. I saw this kind of gothy girl and I was like, fuck, she's well sexy. Um, but whatever, if you like tall girls, short girls, whatever, 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 just know what you want, know what you're after. Okay. Don't listen to anybody else. You know, a lot of guys go after girls because of what other people might think of them. Some guys I know only approach models, not because they fancy models, but because of what that represents and how it kind of, does that make sense? Right. So forget about that. Just go for whoever you like, forget what anyone, if you like slightly tubbier girls, slightly more curvier girls, wicked, you got, you approach those girls. Okay. So once you understand that and you understand what you're after, just stop looking at the pavement and, uh, you know, keep your eyes out and just take everything in around you and start looking. Because here's the thing, right? Because guys don't even imagine day game is even possible. And I know how this feels because I used to do it all the time as well. You don't even think it's a possibility. So you, you just close off when you go out on the street. You know, you just close down and you put your headphones in or, you know, you just you read your book on the train, whatever. And you you don't even look for girls because why would you look for girls only to to give yourself that frustration that you would feel when you saw that beautiful girl that you fancy, knowing that it's impossible to talk to her. So guys, don't even bother. So the first thing is open up. Open up to the possibility that you could meet someone. For those guys in the streets, you can meet someone in, like, in the next five minutes, you can meet someone. How does that make you feel? Probably terrified, but... <laughs> well, the first thing is, how about chucking the headphones? Why don't yeah. you get rid of the headphones and open yourself up to having a conversation? Well, hang on there, Scott. They've got to finish your podcast first. But uh, <laughs> fair enough. This is all for the common good. You know, these guys, if they see a woman right now, if they're out on the street and they could theoretically be meeting women, go ahead and hit pause on this podcast and pick it up later. I mean, I'll personally forgive you. Go meet some women. I mean, that's got to be job one here. Yeah, definitely pause, not stop, because then you'll lose your place. So definitely pause and then you can come back to me. So I'll be okay with that. It's fine. Send me an email. apologize. It's okay. But pause it and go and approach it. Okay. Right on. So, so once, once that's cleared up and you're opened up and you're ready for it. Okay. 
the first thing, obviously, you need to do, this is, by the way, this is on the street. The first thing you need to do is you need to stop her, all right? Now, loads of guys, they think that, well, I don't want to stop a girl. If she's moving, then obviously she's on the way somewhere. I don't want to bother her. You know, she's busy. I don't want to, you know, be any, a nuisance. And to those guys, I give a metaphorical slap in the face. And I say that's the completely wrong approach. The first thing you need to understand is you cannot be apologetic about your, uh, your attraction of a girl, okay? If you try and stop a girl on the street all apologetic and you think you're being nice, you think, well, I'm, I'm a nice guy and I don't want to bother her. But that doesn't come across the way you imagine it comes across. It comes across when you try and be apologetic when you stop a girl, she immediately thinks you're trying to sell her something. She immediately thinks that you're, um, I don't know what you call them in, your con- in America, but we call them chuggers over here, which means uh, the guys with clipboards, you know, the, the charity people, um, the people who want your information, trying to sell something. Um, the only obstacle you need to overcome it on the streets is not coming across like one of those people. And because those people know they have no value to offer and they are literally there to try and get something from you, they want to get your, your charity money or your, your information – and people will know this when you know they've been opened like that. They open very apologetically, and they open like they've got um, their hands empty. You know, they're, they're coming to you with their hands out because they want something from you. Um, whereas, if somebody has ever stopped you for directions, like a high-value business person stopping you for directions, he's not like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry to I'm I'm really sorry to bother you." He's like, "Hey, excuse me, can I just um I'm looking for?" And he opens with a kind of sense. Uh, he's still polite. But he opens unapologetically, just matter-of-factly, and you stop and give them directions, no problem. Whereas somebody's like, if they're over-apologetic, like, excuse me, excuse me, I'm, 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 really, I'm, really sorry to, to, I'm really sorry to bother you. Straight away, it's coming across as low value because you just, if you do that, and guys experiment, and guys who've done this before, you might think the day game's impossible because they're nice guys. They don't want to kind of uh, tread on any toes, and they, they stop a girl, or they try to, and say, excuse me, I'm really sorry to... I'm really sorry to bother you, um, what it is. And the girl says to you, I'm busy, I'm busy, I've got to go, sorry, I'm busy. And the girl isn't looking at you thinking, okay, this guy is trying to hit on me, um, I don't fancy him, so I'm going to tell him I'm busy. The girl was just making a knee-jerk kind of reaction to a feeling she's getting, oh, this person wants something from me. We can't stop for everyone who wants to you know, get charity money off us or whatever. We, we've got things to do, you know? So the only reason a girl will say to you, I'm busy, I've got to go, is because she's misunderstanding what's happening. She thinks you're trying to get something from her, okay? Uh, so the mindset can't be apologetic. Look, I know we're all nice guys, and you still be charming and nice, but don't be apologetic, okay? So you need to open with an air of authority, okay? The opening, the stopping is very, very important, okay? And most of that is body language. Most of that is approaching her chest out, up tall. You're not slouching. You're not kind of dipping. You know how people, when they're being apologetic, might dip their body language and lower their head below the other person's as a means to say, I'm no threat. Don't do any of that stuff. Stay tall, stay strong. And that alone, you know, with a a nice smile, open with a nice smile, uh, a nice kind of pleasant vibe, uh, and that will take you 95% of the way there. Uh, and the next thing you guys need to know is what comes out of your mouth. How do you actually stop her? What do you say? And this is something that me and Yad, it's a phrase that me and Yad coined, which we call it the unconventional interruption. I mean, this term applies to all environments. Why do people like to open indirect in a nightclub? It's because when you're opening indirect, i.e. saying, uh, hey, did you see that fight outside or whatever those guys do? You know, hey, um, can I get your female opinion on something? It's because that is an unconventional interruption. You're interrupting what was going on with something that she hasn't really heard much before. You know, so in the daytime, what is, well, first of all, what's conventional? In the daytime, a conventional way a woman might expect to be stopped in the street might be, 
uh, excuse me, madam, could I take a few minutes of your time to ask you a few questions or something like that, right? Um, or maybe, hey, uh, I'm looking for you know, Leicester Square. An unconventional opener is what I like to call the pre-frame. You're pre-framing the interaction with a short statement, which does a couple of things. Number one, it builds intrigue. Number two, it completely separates you from a salesman, promoter, or a charity person. It's something that they wouldn't say. And I'll give you some examples. Now, I want you guys to practice being spontaneous and sort of make your own. What I don't want to do is add vocabulary into your openers and make you say things you wouldn't normally say. So if I give some examples, you might go, oh, actually, that one sounds like something I would say in conversation. So one that my friend Yad says, Yad is a prominent guy on daygame.com. Um, he's got a DVD coming out soon. and it's, Everyone's going to know who he is very, very soon. He's, I think, one of the best day gamers in the world. But So his favorite preframe is, um, hey, can I just say something to you really quickly? One I like to use is, hey, this is going to sound completely random, but... Or you could say, uh, hey, look, this is, uh, this is nuts. This is crazy. I, didn't, no, I had to say this. Or you could say, okay, look, I've got to say this to you. Can you see the pattern here? Absolutely. Out of the preframes. And it's something that makes them just, it kind of jolts them. And like, oh, oh, okay, you know, let's hear, let's hear what's going on. Let's hear what this is, you know. Um, so, yeah, one, one thing I always get students to do, the typical one is, hey, look, this is going to sound random, you know. And it's very important you, you say the preframe slowly. You don't just blurt out. The girl should have stopped by the time I say, I mean, I'll tell you when the girl should have stopped. So, hey, can I just, that's when the girl should have stopped. So, hey, can I just, the girl stopped, say something to you really quickly? Because the regular normal tone and the slow pace that I'm saying it makes it sound like I'm, well, if you talk slowly to people, it makes you come across like you are the kind of guy who expects people to listen to you. You know, you're not used to being interrupted and what you say has value. People can experiment with this and they'll see it. And I see it all the time. If you try and stop a girl and you talk really, really fast, you are communicating to the girl that you don't expect her to stop. And so she won't. She'll oblige you. Like you said before, you have to lead. And, you know, how have you lead? She follows. So how would you act if you expected her to hang off your word, if you expected her to stop? Well, you wouldn't blurt out the preframe really, really quickly. You wouldn't go, excuse me, can I just say something really quickly? That makes it sound like I'm not expecting her to stop. So I go, excuse me, I have to say this to you. You know, you say it really slowly and that is what entices her. That's what it builds intrigue. But, oh, who is this guy? What, what's he going to say? Yeah. Well, something else that you did was you didn't frame it as a question. Can I have your permission to say something to you? No, no. What you did was I have to say something to you. Yeah. You led you made yep. that announcement as opposed to asking her permission and giving her the leadership role, which would be less attractive to her. Yeah. When I said uh, Yad's favorite preframe is, hey, can I just say something to you really quickly? That's not actually a question. That's a statement. You know, that's saying I'm going to say something to you. You know, it sounds like a question, but it's not. It's, hey, can I just say something to you really quickly? You know, and they always go, OK, even if they just sort of don't say anything, but stand still then now they're a captive audience. That's it. You've done it. Because right. her still, her going, all right, is a billion times better than her saying, sorry, I've got to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, one time we had a guy here for live training in San Antonio and I had him in a bookstore in the afternoon meeting women. Cause again, you know, day game, it's a great place to meet women who aren't necessarily in a hurry. They're just kind of browsing books and you can start conversations and it's certainly quiet enough to have a conversation. Well, this guy was doing great. He was doing an excellent job. He had loads of confidence. And he walked up to a woman and started talking to her. And she was kind of standoffish at first. 
And usually this is kind of attributable to that, you know, we're not supposed to talk to strangers in this culture vibe. And once you kind of get past that and go, all right, well, this guy isn't going to, you know, kidnap me because he tried to give me candy or something. It's going to be okay. Usually once you get past that initial first couple statements to each other, you can calm down and have a conversation. But this woman was taking longer to warm up to this guy, but she eventually did, and they were getting along and having a good old time. He was making her laugh, and uh, he certainly could have gotten her number had he been here in town and uh, wanted to continue with her. So what I did, as is my habit, is I introduced myself to her after the interaction was complete, told her what we were really doing there. And she said, well, you know, the reason why I kind of didn't trust him at first and kind of was reticent to talk to him is because whenever somebody comes and talks to me when I'm at the bookstore, they're usually trying to get me in on their MLM thing, their multi-level marketing thing. They're trying to sell me onto being part of their downline, you know. She happened to be in the business book department, and she usually browses that section because she's an entrepreneur. And she says, yeah, those guys kind of prowl the business book department at Barnes & Noble looking for people to get into their multi-level marketing thing. And I found that fascinating, and it's kind of right along the lines with what you're saying. People nowadays are expecting so many sales pitches from so many different angles that they've got their guard up on that. So it doesn't even have to be this kind of busy New York City street or London street where people are handing out flyers at the corner and trying to get your attention. It can be anywhere people have their guard up like this. So I think that's fascinating. I want to talk about some different places to meet women before we close. One of my favorite is the airport. I love airports because, first of all, a lot of times when women are traveling, they're traveling alone, either on business or to go see family or whatever, and you can pretty much tell quickly whether she's traveling with someone else or not. And if she's waiting for a plane, she's inherently doing nothing if she's even on her computer or whatever. Or if she's in the bar or a restaurant waiting for a flight connection at a busy airport like a London Heathrow or a um, or Chicago O'Hare or someplace like that, then you can pretty much guess she's got some time to kill and that she won't have anybody joining her because she's traveling. And it's just a great way to go talk to women and meet them. And um, it's also excellent practice if you're both in a connecting airport and you know you have very little chance to maybe see each other again because, you know, she probably lives in one city and you live in the next. And I just think it's just an incredible haven for guys to meet women in. Now, if she's on the same plane you are, right, that's 50% chance that you're uh, going to be able to live in the same city or that she frequents your city or something like that. Maybe you could build a relationship that way. And if you're on a, an airline that – doesn't assign seating like Southwest Airlines here in the United States or EasyJet over in the UK, then you can actually sit next to her and spend the flight talking to her, which is better than just twiddling your thumbs waiting for the plane to land. So I love an airport for that reason. But I want to hear about some of the places you like other than the street that you think are just hidden gems for meeting women. Sure. Okay. First of all, I'll go through different places that I think you can meet women, and then I'll talk about how I think they should be approached differently. Um, the street is my favorite. Then there's coffee shops. There's parks, museums. Um, on the tube, by tube, I don't know what you call it over there, but the tube is like the uh, the underground trains. Um, obviously, you know, above ground trains and airports and, and planes are also uh, another place. But like, uh, if you get creative with it, you can think any place, any place that is outside of a conventional bar or nightclub is right for, for meeting a woman, any situation you come across. The only thing you need to think about the way I see it is that the more social pressure there is in the environment and the more static 
the environment is, and the harder it is for her to move on and change the environments, the more indirect I think you have to be. I think going direct, if you sit next to a girl on a plane, you go direct, very, very risky because you've got a whole flight together. To put that much pressure on the interaction on a plane flight is very, very risky. And if you've got some balls and you think you've got your game down, then fine. But it's much safer and much more kind of, um, it's a better strategy to open and direct because you don't need to go direct. You know, if you just sit down next to a girl, make a statement about what book she's reading or something, it's much, much better than putting all that pressure on her saying, hey, I think you're really sexy. Now, you kind of have to warm her up a little bit and see how she's feeling and see what her attraction level towards you is before yeah. you go in for the kill, right? Whereas on the street, I prefer to give a compliment and open that way because she knows she can end the interaction at any point. She knows she can move on, she can walk away, she can say, I've got to go, and she can leave. And that takes loads of pressure off for you to go and, and just sort of lay your intent down right away. And the way I would open different environments obviously then depends on how direct I want to be. Um, I mean, you can still open with a compliment and you almost you can imagine a range from indirect to very, very direct. You can obviously imagine the most direct things you can go and, and the most indirect is kind of asking for directions or whatever. And I think um, you can actually gauge compliments along that scale as well. You know, you can compliment a girl saying, you look really fucking sexy, you know. That's a very direct compliment. Or you can compliment a girl on, uh, hey, like, you've got a really kind of stylish walk or you, I like how you're smiling um, when no one else is or hey i like your fashion i like your style that's a very kind of um i mean it's not indirect but it's a far less pressure uh compliment so i think guys should first of all experiment with how direct they are their compliments and also adjust their compliments to the environment i mean obviously streets are, are my favorite because uh you've got such an abundance of people and such high traffic it's a great place to practice uh but one of my uh colleagues here at dagmacom uh, mark mowgli one of his favorites is in coffee shops and the way he uh, works in coffee shops is actually very, very different to the way me and Yad work on the street. Uh, because it's a closed environment and there's uh, it's a lot of a slower environment, he starts to introduce a lot of kind of uh, nightclub and bar concepts like social proof into the, the mix. So he calls it building presence. And rather than opening the girl cold, he will, as he orders his coffee, let's say he's in the queue and there's a girl in front of you or behind you, or there's a girl just sat down near the queue. He will um, order his coffee. He'll banter with the staff. He'll mention something to the guy behind him and he'll make his presence known. And she will become aware of this confident, charismatic guy so that when you do sit down uh, or you say, can I, do you mind if I sit there or kind of open her that way? She's already aware of you and she's already aware. Oh, he's this guy. This guy seems interesting. So he calls it building presence in, in that kind of environment. So any kind of environment, if it's the airport, for example, you know, sat down in the waiting area and there's lots of people around, uh, rather than just picking out the hot girl and opening her up, which is quite high pressure for her and everyone's listening, you can just banter with a, with a granny next to you, asking, oh, where are you go? you're going on holiday, where are you going off to? And then banter with her, and she now becomes aware of your presence. You can demonstrate all these great things about you, your charisma, your confidence, your, uh, your sense of humor, to the granny, and she's becoming aware of it. And then you kind of ask the, uh, the guy across what, you know, what he's up to, whatever, and by the time you get to the girl, she's been listening for the first few minutes, and she's already interested in you, and you haven't even spoken to her yet. So that's a kind of a strategy for opening a more busy environment, like a coffee shop or in that kind of waiting area of the, uh, the airport. And that would also work if you're uh, sat in a plane, for example, and there's a girl across the aisle. Rather than turning to her and picking her out, you can talk to the guy in front, talk to the guy next to you, make your presence known, demonstrate the traits that she will find attractive, your best traits, your charisma, your confidence, all that kind of stuff, without even opening her. Yeah? Man, I sense we could talk about this all day long. You're obviously as passionate about this as I am. And guys... 
you're just going to have to go to either Andy's site or my site to learn more about different places that you can meet women because this is just a conversation that could have no end. One of my favorite places is a supermarket. You know, you have to buy some food. Women have to buy some food. When do you go? What do you say to women when you're there? What I'm going to do for you guys, since we have to pull the plug on this show, is just go to www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash supermarket. Subscribe to my newsletter if you haven't already. If you're already on the newsletter, go ahead and enter the same address you're already subscribed with, and I will give you a copy of a special report on how to meet women at the supermarket. I already have one on tap. I've got it for you. I can give it to you. So just go to thechickwhisperer.com front slash supermarket and get that. Now, if you want to find out more about Andy and his buddy Yad and what they've got going on at daygame.com, Obviously, daygame.com is a pretty easy URL to remember, but because I always do this for you, I'm also going to set up www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash daygame so you can keep in touch no matter when you're listening to this podcast. I'll keep that directed to their latest site and their latest offer, whatever's cool going on over there. And um, obviously, if you want to meet women at the gym, you want to learn how to meet waitresses, you want to learn how to meet women who are in class with you, if you're in a small town and you don't know how to meet women there, if there are women who are already in your social circle and you want to turn them from acquaintances into women you're actually dating, what you really need is the man's approach. If you haven't gotten your hands on the man's approach yet, go to www.themansapproach.com and get the three special reports I have for you there and then learn all about the program, especially if you're not particularly interested in being a guy who peacocks at bars and clubs. You're going to love the man's approach. If you want to leave a voicemail message like Mark in Tucson did and have it covered on this show by myself and one of my future co-hosts, what you need to do is you need to call this number, 210-362-4400. Plus one if you're outside the United States, 210-362-4400. Leave your message. Make sure it's something that's relevant to the entire listening audience that most guys will want to hear about. Make sure your question is concise and clear. Leave me your name, your first name especially, where you're from, and also importantly, give me an email address where I can send your prize when and if we use your voicemail on the show. So with that, we've come to the close of episode number 41. Andy Yosha from DayGame.com, thanks a million for joining us today and uh, giving us some tremendous insight. No problem, mate. And uh, just one thing, because um, that guy called in about the uh, the silences and being, people being afraid of that, if people go to DayGame.com and they sign up to our newsletter, the first thing they get is a 35-minute video of me and Yad talking at one of our, our workshops particularly about the things I've been talking about today, like how to bridge and transition a conversation away from the opener by making assumptions, which just applies directly to that kind of being afraid of of silences thing. So if guys want to learn more about that, then yeah, then sign up and uh, you get that straight away. Perfect. And you guys also do lots of low-cost seminars for guys in the London area, as well as some world-class boot camps with more complete big-picture stuff on how to meet women during the day. So all of that is at www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash daygame or daygame.com if you will. And I uh, hope you guys will all check it out. This is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. Until we talk to you next time on episode number 42 of the world famous Chick Whisper Show, 
Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Royola speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.